Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, along with Mike Sielski, Philadelphia Inquirer columnist. I'm Glenn Mack now. Uh, So here's the deal today. We got... We got a short show. Uh, we are preempted by college football at 11:30, so we got to get in as much as we can. We have an interview with Mike Quick coming up at 11 o'clock. We are uh, going to remember one of the one of the craziest, more controversial games in Eagles history, and one of my favorites. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's right in your wheelhouse. It is definitely. Um, what else? We can do a quick snapshot of the Sixers and the Flyers. I got a I got a Phillies move. That I conjured that I think it's going to be – I think you're going to like this idea. Okay. So we'll get to that. Uh, we have Mike's TV recommendation for the day or more of a warning than a recommendation? Yeah, slightly more of a warning than a rec. Okay. And we need to cram all of this into 19 minutes and take your calls at 215-592-9494. So, Mike, let us start with the Eagles and let us start with – I don't you know I don't know if there's the big question this week. Um, they are 9-1, and one, but they have really not looked good good over the course of the last three games. Uh, I ask you, Mike Sielski, is there anything to worry about, or is are we kind of at the point where good teams go into a lull during a long season? I watched the Buffalo Bills on Thursday mm-hmm. who nearly lost a game that they should have won, and it's happened to them. Good teams just don't always play well. Is that Which side of the coin are you on with this? I'm more on that second side. Now, I'll, I'll put it this way, Glenn. When you ask, are there things to be worried about? I think in the modern NFL, there are always things to be worried about. I made this point, I think, on Angelo's show earlier this week. 9-1 and one in today's NFL is not 9-1 from 1992 because there's so much parity now that it is a little much, I would say a little bit more too much more about what team is hot when the playoffs roll around. So I still feel very good about the Eagles because they're 9-1. and one. In the modern NFL, they're 9-1 and one on merit. They are in a little bit of a lull here uh, over the last couple of weeks. But I don't think it's necessarily anything to be worried about beyond the idea that once the playoffs come around, if they're not playing and firing on all cylinders, then they could get beaten based on whatever matchup materializes in the postseason. Okay. By the way, the, every time they've been 9-1 and one in their history, they've gone on to yep. either win the championship or get to that game 2017, 2004, 1980, 19, I guess 49, 48, whatever, back in the prehistoric well, days. You would, remember, you would remember that. I wouldn't. I would not. Let's call Ray. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I, I guess I generally agree with you, and I also think that there's almost – Again, I'm not trying to make people worried because it's been a great season so far. But the other thing that we saw, and I'm going to put it in baseball terms, the Phillies were not the best team in Major League Baseball this year. Mm -hmm. I think they had the 10th best record in Major League Baseball. Yeah, They got hot at the right time. We saw that last year when the Rams got hot at the right time, when uh, when Tampa Bay got hot at the right time, and there you go. There's your Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So the trick is to be playing well in December. Yes. Which is the old Andy Reid axiom. Right. You want, to be, you want to be peaking as the season is ending. Right. Which we don't know right now. Okay. Who can compete with them? I think, as kooky as it sounds, I think San Francisco would be a that tough match. That was my matchup. answer, yes. Um, for stylistic reasons, as much as for talent up and down the roster or coaching reasons. The, the way the 49ers play with that tough defense and the physical running offense, 
is the kind of team that could give the Eagles trouble, I think. Now, I think the Eagles took some steps last week to improve in that regard when they got Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue, and we saw that in Indianapolis. I saw it firsthand. I was there for the game. So that helps. But just from a pure matchup standpoint, San Francisco would give me pause. I think the Cowboys, as, as, much as, as much as they have a history of coming up short in the postseason, man, that roster's got a lot of talent. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and their point differential. Did you, you watch know, the Thanksgiving game? Yeah, at they all? weren't great. No. They weren't great. They, they finished well, but they, God, they just, they just seem inept. I, I think Whitman's coaching. I yeah. Just think oh, I think have, you're right they there. They have substandard coaching. You're right there. Um, but again, same kind of thing. Could get hot. Their point differential, if you believe in such things, that that's a true indication of how good a team really is, uh, it's pretty substantial there. Um, you know, but th- those are the two that stand out. The rest of the, the rest of the NFC doesn't, jump out at me is anybody saying oh okay well the eagles can't play that team uh they're really even with the caveats i just gave with respect to san francisco and dallas even those teams i wouldn't go into those games saying oh the eagles are really up against it this Mm -hmm. week and do we agree that the giants have been uh, exposed as pretenders i've kind of long thought that they were pretenders yeah Yeah. um i think brian dable's doing a terrific job there uh i am not gonna hand daniel jones the ball with two minutes to go down for and have confidence that he's going to drive my team to a winning touchdown. Okay. I'm just not. All right. A couple things off of last week's game before we move on tomorrow. And you mentioned the signing of Linville Joseph and Indomitian Sue. My God, they were great. I had no expectation that they would do anything. I mean, you know, Robert Quinn came in, and he's been the disappearing man. I, I, I certainly didn't think they'd do anything. They'd stepped off the plane, uh, unpacked their suitcase, and there they were. Mm-hmm. And those guys were dominant. That really helped. Is that something we can now count on moving forward? I don't know if you can count on that level of dominance. I think what you can count on is a high enough quality of play from those guys that they can be part of the rotation. Yeah. So that when Jordan Davis comes back, you don't have to play the same guy over and over again. I think that's been one of the the factors slash complaints about Fletcher Cox is you got to get him off the field to maximize what he can do at this stage of his career now, mm-hmm. and they just haven't been able to do that. Yep. Uh, now having Joseph and Sue, Jonathan Gannon can do that, and I think that'll help. All right, one more concern I want to bring up just for tomorrow, and then we'll take calls, 215-592-9494. Please don't misconstrue that. I'm being negative about the Eagles. I'm just kind of throwing out everything. We all agree they have not pay- played particularly well over the last three weeks. One of the things that I do believe is an axiom in sports is a good team wins when it doesn't play well, and they have mm-hmm. managed to do that except against Washington. So no panic button here, but just kind of discussing the issues. Um, A.J. Brown's been under the weather all week, had mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving from hell with yes. <laughs> some kind of virus or bug or something. Missed practice Thursday, I think limited yesterday with, with that. Um, to me, ne- other, other than... Other than the quarterback and the center, I think he's the most important player on the offense. And they need him tomorrow. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, because I see this this game almost as a shootout. And I know that you know Green Bay hasn't been scoring and producing offense this season in the manner it usually does with Aaron Rodgers as its quarterback. But Rodgers always seems to play really well against the Eagles. Uh, always, the Packers always move the ball against the Eagles with him. It seems to me. And so you're going to need A.J. Brown because I think you're going to end up going to a certain degree touchdown for touchdown with the Packers. And, uh, yeah, it would not be great if he's at less than 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just he opens things up on the outside for everybody else. All of a sudden, Devontae Smith gets the second-best cornerback on him. And Quez Watkins becomes more dangerous. And, you know, that just that trickle-down effect of having that clear-cut number one. And particularly without Goddard now, yeah. it becomes more important. And the thing is, and he says it, I think it might be his, his Twitter handle, he's always open. Oh, yeah. And he's always open. It's he, he, What a great addition he has been. Uh, 215-592-9494. Warren in Gwynedd Valley starts us this morning. How are you doing, Warren? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Hey, uh, Warren. Didn't, didn't overeat? I was pretty good this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was too, Warren. i got to be honest. I did not go back for third desserts. It, it's really hard, but you have to go in with that mindset that you're you're just going to behave yourself and and not do an AJ Brown uh, at the table when you see everything you want to eat. But I, I will say this, Warren. I, yesterday morning, Friday morning, I did have two slices of apple pie for breakfast, 
And I would and I would argue that anybody who didn't have a similar breakfast must hate America. I'm just throwing <laughs> well, that out I, there. To, to be on your path, that's exactly what I had for breakfast too. There you go. God Good bless work. the USA. There you go. Yep, apple pie. That's your fruits. That's your um, basic food. And, fo- and football. And football. Yeah. Um, my uh, my issues with the Eagles are not structural, but they're rather um, the peripherals of uh, injuries uh, and also illness. If you want to throw in AJ today. Um, penalties and uh, and turnovers. Um, those three things seem to have been the three issues that have cropped up uh, the most in the last three weeks. Well, but, let me take. I'll take one. I'll let Mike take the others. The turnover right. thing, I think, is kind of a cyclical thing and sometimes a freakish thing. And their plus turnover ratio over the course of the first whatever seven games was just completely unrealistic. I mean, it was marvelous. It was great to right. see. And I'm yeah, not saying that. it's total sham, but it, it was skewed a little bit in their favor. So it's coming back down to earth. I think it will kind of – and some of those were kind of weird too, right? The Goddard fumble on the face mask really shouldn't have been a fumble. Okay, so um, I'm not worried about the turnover thing. I think they will continue to be plus on the turnovers. So I'm okay with that. What was the other ones he said? Injuries. And, oh, well, yeah. And so far they've danced through the raindrops on that, right? I mean, is. <clears throat> As important as Jordan Davis is to what they want to do defensively and as important as Dallas Goddard is to what they want to do offensively, those aren't absolutely gotta-have guys. It isn't Jalen Hurts. It isn't Jason Kelsey. It isn't Lane Johnson or A.J. Brown. Uh, it isn't Darius Slay, although he hasn't played great the last couple of weeks. So, you know, has it been ideal no, of course it hasn't. But you're going to teams are going to encounter injuries like that over the course of a 17 game season. Absolutely. So, yep. But you know what happens is in combination of all three, it, it actually magnifies you know the, the offensive play. I'm not so concerned about the defense uh, injury wise or, or penalty wise so far. But but when the offense gets out of sequence and you're got third and 29 or something like that, you're you know you're you're just yeah, you're working much harder than you need to. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. I'm not as worried about it. Warren, what is the best single thing you ate at Thanksgiving? By the way, since you brought it up, um, I like um, sweet potatoes. Uh-huh. So I would say there was some sweet potato uh, vegetable dish with some uh-huh. cheese That's, and with cheese. Oh, you do it different. All right. And all right, all right. Stop. You're making me hungry. My wife does uh, candied sweet potatoes with pineapple and pecans. So my and brown sugar, which my, is phenomenal. My, my wife did a sliced sweet potato dish yeah. um, that she used uh, her mandolin for, mm-hmm. and she sliced the potatoes so well that she took off the tip of her finger. No, and had oh, to go. Oh, those those t- those things are dangerous. Had to go. If to people earth- don't know what the mandolin is because it's not You're, the musical instruments. Right. That, it's that little slicer that you make the really fine. Yes. Slices with. Yeah. yeah. So she spent yesterday morning in urgent care. No. Oh, my goodness. Getting That's a, not good. Getting a tetanus shot and a butterfly bandage. And, <laughs> but I give her all That'll the credit. put a damper on it. Glenn, she played hurt on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, at, at one point, <laughs> you know, she, she suffered the injury and I helped her, you know, bandage it up and wrap it up. And uh, at one point, she was standing in the kitchen, and this is a true story. But she did this on Thursday, and she went to the urgent care Friday? Yeah. Oh, she really did play her. Yeah. So at one point, she said in the kitchen, uh, I need you to undress me. And I said, here? Now? Your can parents, we, your parents are going to be here in an hour. <laughs> and she said, no, 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 the bandage, the bandage. Um, but, uh, but yeah, oh, she's my. still... You know, produced and cooked an amazing, amazing that's meal. Good. So the best thing you ate was that, that? dish. Yeah, yes, because it, it it there was such a price exact a cost exact <laughs> in preparing it too. I am I am not a dessert guy typically, but my wife makes a pumpkin cake with cream cheese frosting, which is my older son's favorite thing to eat. So she has to make it every year when he comes to town, and it was great. I, I don't with care walnuts on and uh-huh. I, don't, you, I don't care for pumpkin. I don't care. You don't for like pumpkin. the pumpkin? No. Oh, the pumpkin's so great. No. no. Mike, Listen, is, Mike is correct, by the way. Thank Pum- you. Pumpkin's not good. No. Pumpkin is not good. Wait, and, wait, and, what, what, are you, what's, what are you guys, un-American? What, hold on. First of all, pumpkin in and of itself doesn't compare to apple pie or peach pie, cherry pie, any of the other kinds of pies. Secondly, pumpkin is everywhere now. It's in my coffee. It's in okay. my beer. It's, I don't it's like, too much well, with us. Let's, let's back up and take these one at a time because okay. you have, you've gone to the polar extremes. Yeah. 
Pumpkin coffee, I have no use for. Those are not two things that go well together, like peppermint coffee. It's like it's coffee. I'm okay with flavor in coffee, mm-hmm. amaretto coffee, whatever. You can do stuff with coffee, right? But pumpkin coffee is, ugh. Yes. Pumpkin beer, son. No. I've done well with pumpkin beer over no. the years. Please don't take away my livelihood. <laughs> pumpkin beer sells because people like it, and it's good. Um, pumpkin dessert. You don't like a pumpkin pie? Not especially. You don't no. like a pumpkin pie? No, God no. It's not sweet enough. Yeah, I'm. I'm with. Kyle. Well, it's you're you're it's you're putting like spot. You're putting cinnamon on it and nutmeg on it and eight tons of whipped cream on it. And yeah, it's gross. On. So it's just it's a vessel. That's what's moved to gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a vessel for all the stuff you're putting on top of it. That well, is correct, it might as well yes. be white bread. Uh, you guys. Okay. All right. All right. I can't argue. All right. What was the best thing you ate, uh, Kyle, other than uh, what? I'm a major stuffing guy. My mom makes it with bacon. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Homemade pumpernickel uh, sourdough. It's it's my favorite dish, that maybe sounds, of all time. Actually, that sounds pretty good. 215 592 9494. Coming up, Mike Quick's going to join us, as we said, and we're going to talk about some uh, great old games. We'll work on the other teams as well. And one other thing I want to mention, you and I have an event coming up. We do. Uh, which is uh, Wednesday, December 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport to start your holiday shopping. All right, here's the lineup. Books by Mike Sielski, Ray Dinger, Zach Berman, me, Swag from our friends at Shibe Sports, Carl's Cards and Collectibles, and Hog Island Press, which is the charitable t-shirt company that Charlie Manuel yes. is involved with. Actually, we're going to have Charlie as a guest next week on the show uh, to discuss it, plus great beer. So it's any sports fan in your life, this is where you start the holiday shopping. And Glenn is right about the great beer. You don't. It doesn't even have to be pumpkin beer. There's... Uh, <laughs> An array of choices there at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, and they're all terrific, except for the be pumpkin done. beer. Yeah, that, we may be done with that anyway. But anyway, so if you have sports fans in your life, and it's like, I don't know, i got to get them something for Christmas, for Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, i got to get shopping, this is your chance. Wednesday, December 7th, 6 to 8.30, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport for the great holiday shopping extravaganza. Uh, 3 to Cal Street, right over the bridge from Norristown. 215-592-9494, Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. We'll get to the callers again in one moment. Before we do that, I just want to kind of go through the array of teams. We're only on until 11.30 today, so I feel like we got to get a lot of stuff out quickly. So... Let us do it. The Sixers win last night. Well, they beat a bad Orlando team, uh, but they win. As Shake Milton has the uh, game of his lifetime. Um, Tobias Harris, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. They are playing without Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, and they're winning. Do we make anything of this? I think what we make of it is that you you see kind of the maximization of what uh, Tobias Harris can be mm-hmm. in a way. We were talking about this before the show about how he seems to, more than even Tyrese Maxey, seems to fit what the Sixers need from from him given the team that they have on the floor that night. When they have their full complement of players, he spots up and shoots three-pointers. When they don't have those top three guys, he can do a lot of other different things. And uh, I think... The fact that he has a max contract gets held against him in some respects, but all in all, he's Not a really as much, good player. It doesn't as much now because they have they have other players who can take that pressure, right? Um, right. And so he's not expected to do as much. I think people forgot about it. It's like a couple years ago when he was the number two option, mm-hmm. and he wasn't suited to be the number two option. It's great he did it yesterday, and that's you know you needed somebody to step up, and he did. But when it when he was like the second guy, that didn't work. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of truth in that, and uh, he was really good in that game against the Nets, uh, and mm-hmm. they needed him to be. You know, when he left the game because of the ankle injury, yeah. and then came back and yeah. was the best player on the floor. Yeah, that so, game was such a letdown. It, I mean, it, they 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 won the game, and that was great. But it's like Ben Simmons became passe all of a sudden. You know, I think the other part of it too is that remember a year or two ago, the Wells Fargo Center kind of reaffirmed the behavior policy at the place and apparently i wasn't there that night but every time a chance started to go up you're talking about this week or the, the year ago i'm talking about the the, the a year ago the wells Fargo year ago. Center yeah, yeah, reaffirmed yeah, yeah. The policy yeah about, i remember that yeah and then the other night at the sixers nets game anytime a chant would start to uh, is go that up right they would put the policy on the oh video come on man so, are you kidding me no I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what happened it's if somebody's I didn't listening know that and can correct me if i'm wrong please do i but. know they have the policy there are parts of the policy i certainly agree with i'm not calling calling for boorish horrible fan behavior although soon we will finally recollect a game where that occurred but you got to be able to give it to Ben Simmons full throttle when he comes in. Yeah, I think so too. And I wonder if that dulled the atmosphere at all. Uh, if anybody was there, uh, was that Tuesday night? Yes. Yeah, okay. If anybody yeah. was there Tuesday night and noticed that as part of it, please let us know. All right, other thing I want to get to. The Flyers have now lost just nine in a row. Yes. Um, I think uh, I think uh, the highlights for the season are over. I think that kind of they they started quick out of the gate, fell on their face, and they are not getting up. N- not even Carter Hart is saving them no, at this point. And I feel so bad for that kid. I do too. He's his numbers no his numbers are dropping, and it's not really his no, fault no. at all. No, no, um, they're they're cooked. Uh, which I know is what you have wanted all along. They they need to be cooked this year. They probably need to be cooked next year, and probably need to be cooked the year after that. Uh, it's just the way of the world in the National lot, Hockey League. A lot of oh God, you're, you're calling for the full tank process, Glenn, the whole deal. We, we, I know we don't have hours to spend on no, this today. I don't want to have the theor- uh, the uh, philosophical argument over that. So, yeah. uh, but we just agree they're going to be terrible. And yes, get a high draft pick and hopefully not blow that one. Okay, yeah. third thing, you're, you are your kids watching the World Cup? My older son Evan, who is 11, is waking up each morning. Coming downstairs, getting himself his breakfast, and putting on the World Cup. Really? Yes. Wow. Each of the last three or four mornings, he's gotten into it. Uh, he's a Mr. He, soccer. 
Well, no, Mr. Geography. He and his younger brother, Gabe, who is eight, uh, are very much into geography, and they, they know all the flags of all the different countries, and they know a lot of facts about they play, all those countries. They play world or? They do, and they are so much better at it than I am, it's embarrassing. San Marco. Yeah. How did you know that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, they, they are... Uh, on the one hand, I'm very proud of them. Yeah. And on the other hand, I am very embarrassed for myself. Ah, that's all right. Um, You're not, that's, when your kids get smarter than you, it's actually, that's a good thing. It is so, a good thing. So um, they're not per se soccer, but they love the spectacle, exactly. which really is a very cool part. It is. We can ignore that it's in Qatar and they did all these horrible things and it's a repressive, horrible country, blah, blah, blah. The spect- Listen, I am not a soccer fan. I think everybody knows that from me being on the station over the years, but- the spectacle of an event where you have this many countries in the world is pretty cool. I regard soccer to be a communist conspiracy uh, designed to inculcate the youth of America with the values of collectivism and flopping. So I'm against <laughs> soccer. Oh, God, I saw one of those yesterday. <laughs> Just a horrible flop. Um, I mean, I can appreciate that people love the sport. It's not something that I'm into to the degree that a lot of people are. Uh, I watched the U.S.-England match yesterday, and 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, yeah, and I, I can, I, you know, I'm watching it, and I can understand how gifted these athletes are and how much skill it takes, but it's it's just hard to watch for me compared to basketball or yeah. hockey or football. Yeah. I, I nobody ever scores. I, I agree. And, again, I've been down that road enough times. I don't want to... I don't want to insult soccer fans at a time when it is the, a great right. world event, and so enjoy it. And I actually have watched a little bit. My grandson, who is ten, was very into it the other mm-hmm. yesterday, so I watched a little bit of it with him. And I'm like, you know, good. Let's all enjoy it. Yep. And they tied England, which is you know pretty good. It's like a bunch of Brits coming over and, and tying the Eagles in a game. I, I saw something on Twitter yesterday. They, they tied England, and England had a thirteen colony lead, and we still <laughs> managed to come back. So. God bless the USA. Uh, three-year letterman, is that who wrote Yeah, that? <laughs> something like that. Kevin in Overbrook, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hi, Kevin. Hope your Thanksgiving was well. Thank you. You Thanks, too. Thanks, you too, man. Okay. Now, my question to the both of you is this. Are the Eagles a true 9-1 and or a weak 9-1? and And I say that by prefacing by saying this. When the Eagles were 2-5 and last year, they gave up 80% to basically every quarterback that was a known quarterback. Mm-hmm. Since then, they played Jared Goff twice, Tyler Henneke three times. They played Kenny Pickett. They played Cooper Rush. They played Davis Mills. You're going to play who's on your schedule, yeah. but they're not playing the caliber of quarterback. So whereas if you already won on one side of the ball, which their defense is good, now all of a sudden come playoff time and you're going against that known quarterback. Yeah. What happens? Yeah, well, uh, hopefully that would happen last year against Brady. So uh, your point is well taken, and you actually said it correctly, which is you can only play the teams that you play and the quarterbacks that you play, but you're looking ahead and thinking at some point they'll play a quality quarterback. So, Kevin, my question for you is tomorrow it's Aaron Rodgers in town, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, one of the ten best quarterbacks certainly over the last 30, 40 years, right? We all mm-hmm. agree on that. True. Uh, if they beat Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, will Kevin from Overbook feel, okay, now, now I'm feeling good about this? The reason why I won't is because um, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say broken thumb. Yeah. He's got a broken thumb, which I think may enter into what happens tomorrow. So, All yeah, right, so they no. need to do it several times. Well, to do, So they need to be Prescott. I'm trying to think of who else. Daniel Jones doesn't count. Tannehill right. doesn't really make it for you. Who makes it for you? Well, you have no one else on the schedule, so that's the thing. There you go. Well, Fifteen to one, pal. I, I, that's just it, Kevin. I was looking well, over. Excuse me. I, I wasn't looking over the Eagles' schedule, but I I have the uh, the standings up in front of me here, and going through each team, and the quarterback of each team that they could encounter in the playoffs. You know, does Jimmy Garoppolo scare you? I think the 49ers would scare you for reasons other than their yeah, quarterback. Correct. Correct. But, uh, but see, that's where I, I disagree with you on that. Do you give any good our average quarterback weapons, they become better. Look at Jalen Hurts. Last year he was average. You gave him weapons, now he becomes good. Yeah, but I think it's Garoppolo not just – hold on, weapons. hold on, hold on, because I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you all the time you need, but I want to disagree with you on this. 
Yes, you give him the weapons and he becomes good. That's clearly it helps him. AJ, we talked mm-hmm. about AJ Brown, but I also think his maturation is he is becoming an excellent quarterback, not just because of his weapons. Can we agree on that? Uh, oh, absolutely. I, okay. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, but you give any quarterback legitimate weapons, they become better. So now they got Christian McCaffrey. Now they got Debo Samuel's back. Now Ayuk is playing better. And everyone says, well, they beat Arizona with, uh, I mean, Colt McCoy. Or going back to the Eagles comment, who quarterback had the Eagles face this year that they beat that was of quality? Jared Goff. Kevin, I hear you, and I appreciate your call, and I guess the answer is we'll find out, right? It's you, You can't. You can't say that they won't be able to beat the good quarterbacks because they didn't do it last year. This is an entirely different defense than it was last year. What, six starters on the defense are yes. different than they were? Yep. So that being the case, you can only speculate. He's yeah. right. They've had a pretty lucky – they've had good – four. they didn't even play Prescott when they played Dallas. Right. right? And, and they shut down – and again, I understand the reaction that's going to accompany what I'm about to say, but in week two, they did beat – Kirk Cousins and the nine now nine and two Minnesota Vikings. Now mm-hmm. the Vikings are nine and two, and have basically given up the same number of points that they've scored this season, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, but Cousins is a better than average he's quarterback. A good quarterback. Yeah, he's and, having a great year. I don't know if you're looking at the stats, but yeah. last time I checked, he he had one of the best quarterback rankings in the NFL, and he went into Buffalo and outdueled Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, so he can put up numbers on a given night, and they they did a good job in week two shutting that team down. All right, do me a favor. Let's take a minute here. Uh, get me the standings, and let's just go over the best teams in the NFL. Let's start with the NFC and and how many actually really good quarterbacks there are because I think part of what's going on is there's most of the good quarterbacks are in the other conference right now. Yeah, I think that's true. So the Eagles, let's start with the NFC. Yeah. The Eagles are obviously the best team at 9-1. and one. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are 9-2. and two. We just mentioned I Kirk think Cousins. Cousins is, is, he's, he's very good. He's, you know, people underrate him. Um, because he's kind of a putz, but he's he's a good quarterback. Yeah, and it's the same dynamic we just mentioned with Tobias Harris. You're evaluating him based on his contract too, as opposed right. to just who he is. Right. Okay. Um. So there's that. Uh, Dallas is eight and three. Dak Prescott's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks are both six and four. Right. Geno Smith is having a very good year. I don't know how good he is. He's exactly. having a very good year off the scrap heap. That's good. Yes. Um, Garoppolo, you said, is average to good. Maybe maybe good. Again, nobody elite. I hate the elite quarterback word, but nobody yet who, like, L- let's put it this that's way. the guy who's going to kill you. The, the 49ers like Jimmy Garoppolo so much that they traded up the draft. Trey yeah, Lance and were right. going to start him this yep. season until yep. he got hurt. Yep. Uh, so there's that. The Giants are 7-4. and four. You have Daniel Jones. Nah. No, I'm not a believer. No. I'm not I'm no. not a believer. No. I just think he's, he's too not inconsistent. horrible, but yeah. Uh, actually, the next team with a winning record is your Washington Commanders at six and five, okay. with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, right. Okay, so they're better for not having Carson so, Wentz in uh, there. There is not a quarterback here yet. Other, well, there's a couple of good ones. There's nobody here who's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, so that's the that's the thing that we're unaccustomed to here, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are five and five right, with Brady, Tom Brady. Right. The Green Bay Packers are four and seven with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, you know, Justin Fields has been playing better lately, uh, but the Bears are three and eight. And now he's, and he's out. hurt. Yeah. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs he's with Matthew out. Stafford. Right. He's, he's out, he's and they're three and may, seven. He may be done for the year. So there are two quarterbacks in the NFC who have been great, which would be Brady and Rodgers, and we don't know what they have left or their teams have left. Right. The next best quarterback among those you mentioned would be to me either. Oh God, Geno Cous- Smith, Cousins or Geno Cousins Smith? or Prescott or Prescott, Cousins Pre- or Prescott. Yeah, I would yeah, take yeah. Prescott. Okay, that's fine. And Prescott is good. He's not great. So there's so to his point, there's nobody great in the NFC quarterbacks. Correct. It's there for Jalen Hurts. It is. Hello, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up, we're going to do our Shive Sports this week in Philadelphia sports history. Don't go anywhere because it is indeed a fun one. And then we get to talk about somebody who played in that game or with somebody who played in that game. Uh, Hey, for most business people, a meeting with their banker can be like a trip to the dentist. But talk to Meridian customers, you're going to hear a different story. Their business lenders come at things from your point of view, and they bring a ton of useful guidance and advice. But mostly, they're a genuinely fun group. 
I speak from personal experience. Hey, the word is getting out. If you'd like to take the stress out of your business banking, Meridian is the go-to bank. MeridianBanker.com. Along with Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack now. By the way, Mike and I have a book signing coming up December 7th. Thank you. 6.30 to 8.30, Publish Kitchen and Tap. That is a Wednesday, by the way, in Bridgeport. With Ray Dinger, with Zach Berman, with Scheib Sports, with Carl's Cards and Collectibles um, to start your holiday shopping. Okay. Speaking of Shy Vintage Sports, it's time for This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit their new location at Wayne and Lancaster Avenues. Uh, and actually, I wanted to say something else about them. If I can find it, bear with me. I'm sorry. Um, go to shipesports.com for 20% off everything now through Cyber Monday. All right, Mike Sielski. I take you back to November 27th, 1989, Thanksgiving. I remember exactly where I was. Uh, I do, too. I was at my cousin's house. I was at my grandparents' house. There you go. Northeast R- Philly. Rivalry. Eagles, Cowboys, it's huge in those days. Buddy knew how to play it up, man. He did. He did. And the Cowboys stunk that year. They're rebuilding under Jimmy Johnson. They got Aikman. At the time, we really didn't know what was about to hit us, but (laughs) (laughs) we enjoyed it at the time. Yeah, they they made up for this and then some. Yes. Land, uh, excuse me, Buddy, still resentful that Tom Landry used the scabs in 1987. Buddy understood. People can say, think what you want about Buddy, but Buddy got the Eagles-Cowboys rival. Oh, yeah. So... That day, the Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys 27 to nothing. But the big story is after the game when a Jimmy Johnson in his postgame news, Jimmy Johnson refuses to shake hands with Buddy, mm-hmm. and alleges in his postgame news conference that Buddy had taken out a bounty yes. on, two of his four, on two of his players, excuse me, Luis and Dejas and Troy Aikman. Let us play this. This is uh, Jimmy Johnson after the game and then a little Buddy Ryan after the game. Winning, losing ball game, uh, of course, concerns me. My concerns me more than anything else is uh, when you take away from the integrity of the game. Uh, I mean, having bounties on uh, opposing players is not the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, I mean, we were told last night uh, by uh, by a coach, and and it was confirmed uh, by two different players. There's a $200 bounty on uh, Louis Zendejas, a $500 bounty on uh, Troy Aikman. Uh, that takes away from the integrity of the game. And uh, oh, oh, I would have said something to Buddy, but he wouldn't stand on the field long enough. He put his big fat rear end into the dressing room. Johnson, their coach, is making all kinds of excuses for not preparing his team well to play us. Uh, he also, uh, I don't uh, have any respect for him, but he got my college on probation at Oklahoma State. And now he's at uh, the Cowboys, and he, can't, he doesn't have the guts to take credit for a loss. He's trying to blame the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, so I have no respect for the man at all. And I don't think if he if his friend had known the club, he wouldn't be back next year, I'm sure, as a coach. And I'm sure those players, those veteran players he has on that team, don't believe all that high school Charlie stuff he's spreading. <laughs> high school Charlie stuff. Can I just say one thing? I, I miss coaches. I'm, I'm not going to speak in favor of a bounty on players, right. okay? But I miss coaches who didn't give a damn about spewing invective about each other, about, you know, saying like, Andy Reid was the first one who came in here and had nothing to say. Mm -hmm. And that's become the way it is with every coach. They will tell you nothing. Nick tells you nothing. Right. Right? We knew how upset Nick was about Indy, about Frank Reich getting Mm -hmm. fired, and he barely acknowledged it even afterward. Right. But I love Buddy and Jimmy Johnson going at that was wars. You go back and you watch post game news conference clips. You read old newspaper stories. The quotes are so colorful and so alive because, as you said, Glenn, these guys didn't give a damn. Right? They just they weren't worried about how does this make the organization look. Uh, will I get another job after this? You know, go back. Am I I'm, providing bulletin board material? Hey, go back and there's a, there's a, you can 
kill hours of your day on YouTube watching old Jim Mora clips mm-hmm. um, when he was coaching the Saints. So, yeah, it's it's a time that's gone, but I understand why you and others miss it so oh, much. Oh, it was so great. And, and listen, Buddy was not a particularly great coach. He was a great defensive coach. He was not mm-hmm. a great head coach. The Eagles never won a playoff with him. But those days, I'm just telling you as a fan and as a writer – and doing some radio here were so much fun. Yeah. That, that's it. I'm not saying anything more than it was the storylines were great. Each week was a campaign. Games had names. The Pork Chop Bowl. Bounty Bowl 2 came up later that year. The mm-hmm. Snowball Game. I mean, they were just the body bag game. And, and it was true throughout sports, too. It wasn't just the NFL. It wasn't yeah. just Buddy Ryan. Yeah. It was... You know, think back to some of the things that Bob Clark would say as the Flyers general manager. Yeah, Think back to the Sixers coaches that would file through here. Guys like Doug Moe who would just rip their own team. Oh, if you could find him. You know, if you can find him. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Philly's managers like Nick Leva and people like that. It's just, it's amazing to think about. I want to play one more thing here and then go. we'll go back to the phones. Um, and by the way, um, Buddy denied that he put a bounty on Zendejas saying that uh, Zendejas was such a bad kicker, it was in the Eagles' interest to keep him in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zendejas threatened to file a lawsuit yes. over this, which was, come on, grow up. But he was not popular around the league, as you know. He was never part of the coach's fraternity, right. including where he used to coach Chicago. Oh, Mike Ditka hated him. Well, you're about to hear. Brent Musburger gets Mike Ditka. This might be a week later. I'm not sure. But Brent Musburger gets Mike Ditka on to ask him about it. Uh, Mike, uh, what about bounties? Didn't the Bears get involved with the Philadelphia Eagles on that Monday night? Wasn't there some gossip that there were bounties on you on the sideline and some of the Bear players against the Eagles? Well, I didn't hear anything about that. I really don't know. Uh... That would be uh, that would seem much too constructive for him to be able to think of anything like that. But as far as the bounty on me, they don't have anybody tough enough to hurt me on their football team, and certainly they don't have a coach tough enough to hurt me. Again, it's great. I love coaches like that. You know, and we're we're leaving off the postscript to all of this, Glenn, which is that the following year in 1990, when the Cowboys came and played the Eagles at Veterans Stadium, was the infamous snowball game. That was two weeks later. Was it two weeks? It was two weeks. It was two weeks later. You're it right. I'm sorry. The it, was, year. it was two weeks it was two, later. You're right, 1989. Oh, yeah. I apologize. Ask Ed Rendell. Well, that's that to me is the all-time <laughs> Philadelphia sports-slash-politics story. Yeah. Where Ed Rendell bets a fan that the fan can't hit Jimmy Johnson with a snowball. The fan throws the snowball. Steve Lopez, who's the, the news columnist for the Inquirer at the time, Great. finds out about it, calls Rendell. Rendell denies it. Then five minutes later, calls Lopez back and says, I'm sorry, Steve, I got to admit, you got me. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. Because he knew the power that Lopez had with the column. And if, yeah, it was going to get out. It was going to get out. Yeah. And uh, that's just, that's awesome. That was great. So that's our uh, This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, and it was indeed a fun one. Uh, let's go to Rick in the Northeast. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Same to you. You too, Rick. Hey, Glenn, Glenn, first time I'm calling your show. I've been listening for years. You're great. And uh-huh. Mike, I really enjoy your columns. Wanted to let you know that. Thanks, Rick. Very I appreciate nice that. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, so for the Eagles, I heard you talking quarterbacks. I think the big thing with uh, Jalen Hurts is just his, and let's see if you agree, just his development and his improvement from a year ago, you know, two years ago. He just really used to have the smarts. Just, I see progressive movement like a like a bar graph where the line is just going up and up and i think there's only more to come and i think he will eventually be in that really top tier of quarterbacks do you agree well that's the calculation that the eagles are going to have to make rick i I don't know yet uh the caveat that i i said this before and i keep coming back to is because he makes such little money under the salary cap the eagles had a lot of flexibility and room to be able to improve the team around him and my colleague Jeff McLean actually explores this in a really good piece on Inquire.com today about, okay, they're eventually going, in all likelihood, have to pay Hertz. What do they pay him? And then what does the team look like once you pay him? He's got to, if, if you're going to give him $50 million a year, you've got to make sure that he's worth every bit of $50 million a year and how many guys really are worth that money. The problem is I don't know what choice you have. I, I agree. I don't know right. what... Do you just let him walk away? No. No. No, you, you, you can't. You're, you're stuck. Right. I, so, Rick, I generally agree. I think I still want to see him be able to complete the um, that 25-yard out that great quarterbacks can do. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I think there's still room for development 
in that passing game. Gotcha. So. Real quick, are you, are you? I've been following the World Cup. I'm a big soccer fan. Are you guys following it all? We talked about it earlier. I'm kind okay. of checking in once in a while, but that's it. Mike is heavily invested because his kids are into. Yeah, my older son is watching it every day. So uh, okay. it's, yeah, it's, on, it's on in my home every morning. Yeah, me too. I've been watching. The, I thought the USA, I'm just wondering what your take, Mike, and if Glenn, if you want to chime in. I actually thought the USA outplayed England yesterday. We didn't get a goal, but I really thought we outplayed them. What do you think? I, I agree. I was Thanks, kind of honestly pleasantly surprised. I did watch the, the match from beginning to end, and you know, Christian Pusillic is a has been a phenom he grew up in Hershey and uh has been a familiar name to soccer fans around here for a long time he had a couple terrific opportunities he rang a shot off the crossbar I I was surprised that the U.S. did not win that match because I I agree with Rick they had the better of the the play throughout it they got the kid from Reading and they got the the Medford Messier yes Aaron's Messi not Messier Messi (laughs) excuse me well now now you see where my background that's okay Medford Messi excuse me uh, let's sneak in Clay in Kansas City. Hey, Clay. Hey, how you doing, Glenn? All right. I love what you keep me company on Saturday mornings while I take my dog for a huge walk. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple things. First of all, um, soccer sucks. I'll just start off with that. Um, it, I mean, two draws, it's just boring. I, I can't get into it. Um, but, hey, good for that guy that he enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> My real comments on this. Yeah, I'm no, kind of. I'm like, no, I'm kind of. Listen, I'm I'm with you, and and I, I hate it. ties I in sports, and ties at this in in like international competition seems weird to me. But yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not in the mood to rant against yeah. soccer, but I appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, people say to me, like, "Oh, you haven't given soccer a chance," and I'm like, "Yeah, I actually have. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried it. I just can't. I can't do it." So, yeah. but on to the birds. Um, didn't it, that Sunday game, I'm a huge Eagles fan, have been for 35 years, and actually Buddy is the reason I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, those were great days, weren't they? Well, you know, when I was a kid, they forced fed us the Cowboys here in the Midwest. And, it, and when uh, Jerry. Oh, so you're from, day. I thought you were an exile from Oh, Florida. no, no. Okay. No, I'm from, uh, no, no, I'm from here. I grew okay. up in the Midwest, man, and they tried to force feed us the Cowboys. And when Jerry Jones bought that team, I could tell he was the devil, and I just said, oh, what's the opposite? Oh, you know what? I want, I want to intru- – I'm sorry. I, I want you to get back to Jerry Jones, but I want to interrupt you for a second and tell me if I'm wrong on this, okay? Yeah. I have been to Kansas City, and I think Arthur Bryant's barbecue is great. A friend of mine said going to Kansas City for Arthur Bryant's is like going to Buffalo for Anchor Bar Wings, coming here for Pats and Geno's. You're going to the tourist place. Am I wrong in going um, to Arthur Bryant's? If you're going to go to Arthur Bryant's, you got to go to the um, over to 18th and Vine to the original because, like, they have. A that's where I was. Like, yes, yeah, so they're kind of a yeah, dump. That's be really yeah, they they tried to put one out by our racetrack and it didn't make it, and I think it was just because it didn't have the feel of you know the original location. Right. I'm, it's, it's okay. really good. I interrupted your football thing. Go ahead, because we got just about a minute. Okay, well, so I was just going to say that felt like a game that we were going to lose, and then we won it last week, obviously. I mean, you know, you watched mm-hmm. the game. Um, I felt like maybe the curse was lifted, you know. I, I just felt like this huge sigh of relief for the team and the fan base. And i got to be honest with you, Glenn, I think we're just going to roll from here. I mean, this is the best roster in the NFL. I am going this to is- say I'm going to say 13-4, and four, okay? And thanks for the call. Clay, uh, call again. Love talking to you. Yeah. Uh, here's where I see the hiccups. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas Christmas Eve is going to be tough because they're going to really need to win yes. that game. I'm worried about Tennessee. I, I think, think te- that's, you know, we'll see how the run defense does this week, well, but that, yeah, that's Tennessee a tough is, one. Tennessee is cut out of the same cloth that San Francisco is. We'll just beat you up and yeah. run the ball, actually. And then I think throw away game at the end of the year. Yeah, probably. So that's that's where I'm going. I, I had said 12-5 and five at the beginning of the that's year. That's what I so said, if, yeah. So if they're 13-4, and four, exceeding expectations. <laughs> yes, sir. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we talk to our pal Mike Quick. Mike Sealski, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. It's 11 o'clock on 94 WIP along with Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack now. Time to talk to one of uh, one of my favorite people, one of our absolute uh, treasure in this town as a player and a broadcaster and a citizen of the world. Mike Quick joins us now. How are you, sir? 
Hey, I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you? Doing great. Um, we want to talk about this team, but we just played back Bounty Bowl uh, as oh our as our sports history <laughs> moment because it occurred uh, whatever this this weekend in 1989. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, by the way, after that, the Eagles did not get to play in Thanksgiving again until 2008. Funny how that worked. Yeah. And I mentioned to you earlier this week that we were going to, you know, could you come on? And by the way, we're going we're gonna to cover that game. You were on that team. I think you were hurt at the time, but you were on that team. And you yeah. said, oh, that was a good one. So <laughs> what, what is your recollection about what actually went down at Bounty Bowl? Um, it was just regular football with some, uh, some additional stakes added in. That's all. It was regular football. So. But what a lot of people don't realize is that we had, um, like, after games, when we would have the big team meeting, um, Buddy would always play, like, highlight like highlight reels. Mike Doherty, our film guy, would pull out big plays, and guys would get envelopes with money in it mm-hmm. for, for big plays. And this happened after every game. Uh, but it would go through the tape and he would pick out big hits, et cetera, and big plays and call you out. And you would get recognized for those plays and you would get an envelope with some denomination in it. And um, that was what we did. But this particular game, there was a little additional thing before the game. And I'm not saying that it was a bounty or anything, but there were certain guys that we wanted to make sure that got paid a special attention to during that game. <laughs> and, so, and so there was there was incentive for that. And that's what happened. God, you are such that's a my diplomat. Story, and I'm you... to it. <laughs> see see you're a great diplomat. Mike has been thoroughly inculcated into the modern NFL <laughs> yeah. with all these boring quotes, Mike. Come on. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll I'll just ask you buddy, one listen, Buddy was great with stuff like that and um there were certain guys that if Buddy said, hey, I, I need you to do this in this game, then those guys, they did whatever Buddy wanted them to do. And, you know, we had fun with it. It was mm-hmm. still football. They didn't go not, they didn't go far outside the lines. Yep. So well played. Ma- yeah. <laughs> well, well stated, Mike. Very good. You could you could be like somebody's press secretary, I think. Uh, um, so A.J. Brown, not feeling well this week. Uh Assume for yeah. this. Let's assume for the sake of argument, he's not quite at a hundred percent. What effect do you think, if any, do you think that has on the Eagles' offense? Uh, and how would you adjust if AJ isn't quite where he needs to be? Um, I think he's going to be fine, but we don't know that. If if AJ's not a hundred percent, if you don't have AJ, I've really been impressed with Zach Pascal and what he's added to this offense. And I think he just moves up and becomes a, a bigger part of the offense and gets a few more targets than he normally gets. Uh, Quez also would factor into that. And, of course, you've got Devontae Smith on the other side. This team has a luxury of two wide receivers that could be a number one wide receiver on almost any team. And so then you just you look at Devontae giving him more targets Quez and of course, like I said, Zach Pascal. I think that's how you spread it around. I want to actually deep dive into those four guys and get the Mike Quick kind of thirty-second scouting report on the skill set of those four receivers who you just mentioned. Um, because a lot of people say, you know, this is the best wide receiving core the Eagles have ever had or had since the days of Quick and Carmichael, which I know is just a brief overlap. So. Uh, I'm going to give you the name. You you just tell me what this guy's skill set is. A.J. Brown. Big body, great run after the catch, great hands, better than I thought he had. Um, good route runner and just a solid, solid player. Can do it all for you. Devontae Smith. A blazer. Doesn't look like he's so smooth. It doesn't even look like he's working hard half the time, but he's very sleek. Excellent route runner, strong, great hands, um, can do it all. We haven't even seen him yet. Quez Watkins. Blazer, burner, takes the top off of the defense, scary route runner. 
I think he can put fear into the minds of any defensive back that lines up on him. All right, and then finally, um, a guy who you mentioned, and I'd like to—I'd personally like to see him get a little more involved in the offense. Zach Pascal. Same. I'd like to see him do more because I know that he can do more. Um, not just a wide receiver, football player. You can ask him to do anything. In a nasty or tight split, he'll crack linebackers. He'll seal the outside so that you're running back and get around the perimeter. Runs good routes, catches the ball. If you need it, if you need him on special teams, he can do that. Just an overall good football player. Mike, how did you view the Indianapolis game last weekend, and what's kind of the the after effect of it? Was it Hey, they just, you're happy when you win on the road, no matter how you win. Do you say, oh, that's a couple of games in a row now where they've, they've kind of staggered a little bit? Kind of your, your takeaway from that game and at the same time looking forward to Green Bay tomorrow night? My takeaway is that they made too many mistakes, especially early in the game uh, with penalties and, um, and, and the likes. The offense has to play a lot better. I think teams are getting a little better at defending what they do offensively. So the offense has to get better. They have to take another step. All of these offenses, once you start to see what they are, there's a, there's a natural progression to what's the counter or what's the next pill of the onion of that offense. Um, when you start to take away one thing, how do you then – show that same look and do something different. That's where this offense is now, where Shane Steich and Nick, they have to come up with you know, the, the next phase of this offense and um, not allowing teams to take away what they're doing. The offense is – it's a really good offense. It really puts a lot of pressure on the defensive coordinator. Um, but now, as I said, teams are starting to see what they do. This defense has been stellar to me. You know, when when your defense limits teams on an average to 18 points a game, um, you can win with that. And that's how they were able to win against the, the Colts, that the defense was so good. And But when the offense needed it in the fourth quarter, they were down double digits, and they were able to come back from that. So you have to be able to appreciate that and love the fact that this team has won in a variety of ways. How is it, and going back to the defense, that Linville Joseph and Ndamukin Sue are able to basically pack their bags, fly on a plane, get here, and play as well as they did last week? How, how, how does that happen? Well, they've done it before. They've done it for a long time <laughs> at the highest level, both these guys. Mm-hmm. And they both are in good shape. Glenn. They have no wear on their legs this year. Yeah, they I, 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 get, I do agree with that. Um, yeah, and and maybe that position camp. is different. It is different because it, there's not so many checks and things that you have to do. You're going to line up. You're going to. You have to know what's going on within the call of the defense. And I think that they were able to keep that simple enough. And the fact that you have a guy like T.J. Edwards, who's so bright, so smart, and he's running that defense. He's making sure that everybody knows what they're doing. They're lined up correctly. And these guys understand defenses. They've been in it for a long time. They've done it for a long time. I think the biggest adjustment for these guys, and, and talking to Tracy Rocker, the defensive line coach, is what he mentioned to me, and, I, and this is the part that I never thought about. He said the only thing they have to get used to is having – 600 pounds of men pushing against them again. The other other part, not that difficult, but the fact that they haven't played in any preseason, any of these games, and it's been months since they've had 600 pounds of men against them, that's what they have to get used to and adjust to. Mike, how much worse is Aaron Rodgers this season than he's been? Is is this the same guy who... You know, was the best quarterback in the NFL, multiple-time MVP. Uh, is this just a matter of he doesn't have the weapons around him that he used to have, doesn't have Devontae Adams, or is there is there is he a tick below what he used to be? I, I think uh, the time and all the knowledge is certainly catching up to him, but I still think that he is scary good. He hasn't played well this year. Uh, I read 
a couple of days ago that his thumb is he has a broken thumb mm-hmm. or a break somewhere, and evidently it's not keeping him from playing. Um, he's, you know, you look at the weapons. It's not the weapons that he's used to. You know, he's relying on guys that he's not really that familiar with. Um, they bought back Randall Cobb. He's 100 years old, but he's not completely healthy. Um, the rookie, Kristen Watson, has dropped a lot of balls, although he's coming on in the last few games, getting a lot more targets, making a lot more plays. It's just not the team that he's used to having around him. And I think having a young offensive coordinator, uh, first-time play caller, first-time coordinator, I think all of these things are factors in the reason why they're not playing as you know, to the standard that he's used to playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one for me, Mike. Um, Ruben Frank wrote a really good piece earlier this week on NBC Sports Philadelphia, kind of looking at the coach-quarterback relationship and um, what Nick and Jalen Hurts kind of mean for each other. You've you've seen a lot of them in this town from Vermeil and Jaws when you started out, and, and to Buddy and Randall, maybe not so helpful, to, to Reed and McNabb. Where do Nick and Hertz, or not where, what do Nick and Hertz mean for each other? How do they complement each other? Um, I just think that they both love football. Um, I think Nick is a, a football geek, just loves the game, uh, the, all the details of the game. And I think Jalen, growing up in a football family, is the same way. He's a great athlete, but... Aside from that, he loves football, loves the game, the details. Um, you know, going to work every day and the process of it, I think both these guys really are into the process. They love the process of the preparation, getting ready for the games and all the things that go into that. I think you have to have that to be as successful as they are right now and Going forward, I, I think the two of them together can do a lot of great things. Mike, last one from me, and I'll follow up on what kind of what Glenn just asked you. It seems to me that if this were 1989 again and Jalen Hurts were the Eagles quarterback, there would be no reservations from anyone, either affiliated with the team or fans or anybody, about committing to him as your franchise guy. And the right. hesitation now is, of course, because there's a salary cap and you have to worry about how much you're paying him and can you build a team around him. I'm curious, now that you've gotten the chance to watch him over the last couple of years, is there anybody, either during your playing days or in all the years that you've been following and covering the league since then, who Jalen reminds you of? You you see him either from a leadership standpoint, playing style standpoint, and say, gosh, I, he he takes me back to this guy or that guy. I would probably have to wrap two or three guys into it. It's not just one guy. I think he has the the dedication, leadership, and um, like my first quarterback, Ron Jaworski. Mm. You know, Jaws was like having a coach on the field. He was dedicated to the game. He was there on the day off with the coaches when all the other players were out with their family and doing whatever they do um, on our day off. Jaws would go there at the complex with the coaches and working with the coaches to put the game plan together. Jalen's that kind of guy uh, in his dedication to his team and making sure that he's on top of everything. Uh, Skill-wise, I would probably have to go like between a, a, a McNabb and, and Cunningham, a mixture of those guys, uh, skill-wise. But it, there is, there's no one comparison that I think that, that would encapsulate everything that Jalen is. Well, that's pretty complimentary description and, and earned. Mike, I just want to tell you, my family and I enjoyed a uh, Maryland Mike beer with our Thanksgiving. Uh, proceeds going to First Tee of Greater Philadelphia. It's a great thing that you have done with that. And soon to be out, the variation, uh, Mike and Merrill, which is going to be a crushable uh, IPA somewhere in the 5% range. And really appreciate, Conchog and Brewing Company really appreciates your guys involved. Hey, man, we, we really appreciate Conchog and Brewing Company and um, – so glad that we were able to connect you with the first tee and, and help us to help these kids that we support. Um, it's a really nice marriage. And Glenn, I actually had one myself last there night. There you so. go. Had a guy, Cheers. Michael. All right, man. I'll Cheers. see you. I'll see you at the game tomorrow night. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. I right, have Thank a great you. day. Thanks, Mike. Oh, there you go. The great Mike quick. Good stuff. Um, 
I liked his description of Hertz. That, we'll see. The, the mind and work ethic of Ron Jaworski combined with, you know, the, the tangibles of Randall yeah. Cunningham and Donovan McNabb, that's, that ain't bad. You take the best of those three quarterbacks and you, you have a Hall of Famer. And I, well, I, that's too early for me. Yeah, well, just you, that. You guys remember when Carson Wentz was Peyton Manning pre-snap and Aaron Rodgers pre-snap? Yeah, I know. And, yeah. yeah. So that's true. We've we've Wait, we've seen these things. Kyle, we never get ahead of ourselves in Philadelphia. No, I never. don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. That's what fans are supposed to do. All right, it is now time for our favorite theme: what we're watching. Lockman, this is Officer Braun. Do you remember Anna Martinez? Real. Yeah, her dad's it was sudden. Mind taking a look at this? Huh. The insulin in her system, it's a double medication error, which is really rare. We understand that you work with a Charlie Cullen. Could he be involved in this? Ooh, that is a preview from the movie The Banker on Apple TV+. Plus. Before Mike reviews it, let me just tell you that what we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors with no money down and up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Guided Door and Window today at 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at goguida.com. Mike, I have not seen this movie yet. You have. I watched the trailer, two and a half minutes. I can't wait. This looks great. Well, first of all, we got to get the title right. The title is Oh, the not good... the banker. The banker's the one that I saw. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the title is The Good Nurse. The Good Nurse. And I, you know what? I was going to talk about the banker. That's, that's a okay. different thing. The and, Good Nurse. Yes. yes. And I know it sounds great. It, I know it sounds like that, that trailer. That was good. It, the title makes it sound like it's Ooh. a show on NBC at like 8:30 on a Wednesday night. But ah, I'm intrigued. I was intrigued too. It was a uh, true crime drama based on a true story it has an incredible cast jessica jessica chastain great who won the academy award last year eddie redmayne who's won the academy yeah. award uh noah emmerich who's been in the americans of, yeah the americans great in the Americans, tremendous and the surprise of the movie playing a new jersey detective your favorite eagles former eagles cornerback and mine namdi asamwa I saw. Who is terrific yeah, in this. Yeah, is he really? He's really good. Holds his own with those other three actors who I mentioned. Here's the problem, Glenn. Let me just say the reason I brought up Namdi yeah. Asimov, or I brought up the movie The Banker, is because mm-hmm. Namdi Asimov produced a movie yes. for Apple TV Plus called The Banker, which is a v- excellent movie. He's not in it, but he produced it, and if you have a chance to see it, it's, I'm sure you can find it on Apple TV the banker. I ruined your whole flow. That's okay. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.